check, check, mic check. Fly racing. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show, presented by Empire on PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing. Their light hydrogen gear has revolutionized the world of lightweight racing apparel. Inspired by Kennard and Andy Short, the light hydrogen line has been fine-tuned over the past four years to set the standard in what athletes expect out of racewear. Flyracing.com, Moto60 Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. It's 12 o'clock Pacific, 12.02 to be exact. Round four of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series is coming on. Oakland. The place where the Raiders are committed to excellence. One of my favorite stadiums on all the circuit. It's incredible. Love it. And I'm being sarcastic. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to take your calls at 702-586-PULP and, uh, about the uh, Monster Energy Supercross Series or about anything in particular about racing that you want to talk to about. We've got some great guests today. Uh, Jason Wygant, Racer X Online. David Villeman, former factory rider. And, of course, Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas, will all join us on the show today to take your calls and talk some Supercross. And I'm going to ask some guys some deep, deep questions, and we're going to get right into it. The Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Folks at NFAB, uh, Jeep, Truck, SUV Parts, proud sponsors of the JGR NFAB team. We, have, we saw the NFAB logo all over Barsha's bike, the Motocross the Nations. If you have a Jeep, Truck, or SUV, please check out n-fab.com. Support the sport these guys do. And there's got to be something on there that you could use for your Jeep, truck, your SUV, right? Right? All right, so Ryan Dungey's gone 2-1-1 in the three races. He uh, looks great, looks on point. See what he can do this weekend in in, uh, in Oakland. And uh, Cooper Webb has gone 1-1-1 in three races. So looking like we got a couple guys on top of their game. Who's going to beat them? Who's going to dethrone them? 702-586-PULP, give us a call. Tell us what you think about And, uh, of course, go to flyracing.com. For more, and check them out on social media at Fly Racing USA. We are going to give away two Fly Strider bikes. That's right. We love the kids on the show. So one of them we're going to give away live. The other one, just simply after you listen to this archive, email us at contest at pulpamexshow.com, and we will get you uh, a random winner with a Fly Racing Strider bike for the children. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis, like the intro says. Producing the show, holding it down, taking the calls. The lines are already jam-packed. The greatest Ryan Dungey fan ever, the... It's legendary. You want to know why the lines are packed? Why? They want to talk about how great Ryan Dungey was riding. Congratulations on your win. It was good. Thank you. It was even better than San Diego, I we, think. We worked really hard on that one, and uh, we're just going to keep on at it. He looks good. He looks good. I think he looks better than good. Yeah. No, it does. It's going to be tough to beat him. But um, you know what, Tits? You guys have been. You guys deserve this. <laughs> We've been working hard. You have. Yeah, it's all coming uh, together. You have a Fly Strider bike, right? Negative. What? 
my boy Six. I should have really done he, some research. He, he's been riding for a long time, but we actually. Did you not have a Strider bike at one time? Uh, well, we had. It wasn't a fly one, but we had a Strider bike. Just and, say you have a fly one for the show. Okay. I just have, be like, I had I, a fly one. I personally use a fly Strider bike. Okay. Because, uh, uh. you know, I never learned how. Can but... you just go with this? Just go with what I'm going with. <laughs> but Strider bikes. Because I don't have a kid, so I can't talk about it. Nixon is my son. Yeah. He's on his way to becoming a professional. And okay. I attribute it solely to the fact that he was riding a Strider bike. There we it's go. Such a young Fantastic. Age. All right. Yeah. 702 586 Pulp. Tits, just go along with things next time. Things will go much smoother. Let's welcome my boss at RacerX Online. He's an online editor. He's the voice of American Motocross, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. When you were in Charlotte for the USGP, did they try to woo you away to call that series? A woo you from America, you and Paul Malin. Did they say, Weege, we want you to come to Qatar and Thailand and call the GP series? Was there, was there an intense betting war or battle going on? I think there was an intense bidding war inside Giuseppe's mind to think about, have I ever heard of this guy? Do I have any clue who this guy is? <laughs> I think that was the only mind game being waged right there, him trying to remember if the name was familiar or not. No no overtures, no attempts, no. No, nothing. Nothing at all. Um, I'm still not sure. They were throwing out some, like, as they explained the event, they threw out a lot of details, like, we have qualifying races the day before the race. And I'm like, maybe they don't know that I know any of this. Maybe they don't know that I know anything. <laughs> Maybe they saw you doing. The, maybe they saw you doing the NASCAR media, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's a NASCAR guy." <laughs> yeah, you know? that's right. I don't that's know. I had McGrath there because I think he's the only one that any of those NASCAR guys have ever heard of. Oh, Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, he's still racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, how's he doing in GPS? <laughs> um, well, McGrath is like prime years for a NASCAR driver, so maybe that's what they think. Yeah, yeah. forty so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, uh, so you've gone on the record a few times as saying that the third round of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series and FIM World Championship is your favorite round. Where does the fourth round rank in your list of rounds that you like for no apparent reason? Whatever. I've explained my reasons. There's there's very apparent reasons. I told you. First race, people take guesses on bike settings. Then they are like, okay, let's go back to the track. Let's figure it out for round two. By round two, they're like, okay, well, it was either the wrong direction or the right ere- right e- erection. Well, either the wrong direction or the right direction, but now we know which direction to go. So by round three, we'll have it dialed. No more nerves, none of that. We still don't have to travel. We're just right here in good old Anaheim in Southern California. No excuses, no nerves. Bikes are dialed. Now it's time to go racing. And they might have the bikes dialed in at round 10, but by then they're already giving up because somebody has a 50-point lead. So they're all in it. They're all in it to win it. They're all confident. And it peaks at That's three. And it, and it peaks at three. I thought so until today. Our very own Jason Thomas pointed out in his uh, staging area column, now available at racerxonline.com, that this Oakland round has been quite topsy-turvy through the years. It has been a crazy one. Yeah, it has been. It's seen some action. Who can forget JS yeah. and CR bouncing each other off the whoops? Who can, who can forget <laughs> last year, the week after the black flag? Chad leading, Kennard coming on him, pass coming up on right. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's yep. it's, it's seen some it's share, fair share of drama. I think because the the ghost of Al Davis just lurks around there. You know, he always was a bit of a shit disturber. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you got Mark McGuire's roids probably around there somewhere, and then yeah. Jose Canseco just firing everybody up. Right. Hey, um, yeah. speaking of Race Rex Online. You did some research, and uh, we were talking about it a little bit on one of our texts. Uh, all-time podium streaks. Good job on this, by the way. I'm not surprised at all that Chad Reed 
holds the record, at least for everybody that you checked. I mean, and I don't think you missed anybody. I was really trying to think, think it out. The 80s were way too predictable. Guys were seventh, first, seventh, you know, like. Um, Chad yeah. Reed, 25 yeah. straight podiums in Supercross. 25. Yeah, and the real mind-boggling thing, and I threw this in there for Carmichael as well, uh, what's really crazy is the podium streak for Reed and Carmichael, it would end. There'd be like one bad race, and then there'd be like another 15. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if I had a little more time, I guarantee you, I guarantee you both of them probably went like 48 out of 50 on podiums or 58 out of 60. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah they just... weren't having three bad races in a row. They had one bad race and then yeah. podium every week for the rest of the year. Yeah, it was yeah, nuts. So, so Dungey's at 19, and yeah. honestly, I can see him surpassing Reed. I really can. I know the field's deep, hashtag David Villeman, but uh, I feel like I, I can see it. He's on his game right now, man. And, uh, you know, like if I pick a fantasy moto, I'm just picking Ryan Dungey for the win until he proves me otherwise. But podiums? Well, I mean, you know, he on. went down. He went down, and I don't have one, and he still got second. And mm-hmm. that was a crazy race for a variety of reasons. But, yep. I mean, yep. There's already some proof. And um, yeah. the the podium streak article on RaceRex Online, McGrath, his his streak was interrupted by the by the rider boycott of Vegas when the lights went out. So yeah. um, I don't have it in front of me. I should have brought it up. What 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 would it have been? Do you remember if we counted Vegas? Uh, it, it'd still only be 19. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He had one bad race, I don't know, late in 95. So it was sure. like four, then the boycott, and then the first race of '97 was his worst race ever. Yeah, yeah. First one on the Suzuki. So okay. Um, I feel like even as great as McGrath is and was, and his win records are untouchable, the level of you never have bad races has even stepped up. Like there'd be two or three races a year where like McGrath would fall in the first turn and get like fourth. Mm-hmm. And then oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, but for sure. With, with Reed and Carmichael, that just never happened. They just would get third anyway. So, like, what, is, what has happened? <laughs> what has happened, in your opinion, since Carmichael came in? Let's let's forget about McGrath because, like we said, there was some hot and cold things. He was more towards the 80s, and, you know, than anybody else. What has happened since Carmichael came in and with Chad, now with Dungy, RV, where we've seen such no, dominance I, I over the rest of the field? Started with, uh, I, I think you do have to actually start with McGrath. I think McGrath kind of reset the standard of what uh, the guy who's dominating um, is. Like, it used to be, like, if you won five or six races in a year, settled for points at the other ones, you were doing good. And then with McGrath, it almost became legitimate. We were like, no, if I'm the man, I should actually expect to win every single race all year. And I think that just kept metamorphosizing to the the next generation of riders. Like, that was the standard. Like, I should be able to win every race. And most of these guys are chumps. My worst I should ever do is third ever. Like, there's yeah. no settling for seventh or fifth for points ever. Third or bust. And I think that's where we're at now. Well, and then, so it's it's unlike any other motorsport. It really is. And never mind sticking ball sports, you know. But um, you don't see this kind of dominance in any other sport. Um, again, not a huge MotoGP guy, but Valentino Rossi's best years. I don't think he was winning like the guys do now and making the podiums. There were some races that weren't so good, I believe. I'm not an expert in that. But it's like our sport only, our motorsport only. Forget about NASCAR, IndyCar, anything like that. Um, it's it's just unique to our sport, and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to think of that a million times, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people in this industry who would like to see more predictable or unpredictable racing that have thought about it too. And I can't figure out what it is. I mean, all I think of... This is a, a rare individual athletic sport, really. It is a motor sport, but let's be honest. We know the riders make more of a difference. So I don't know. If you 
had tennis tournaments 17 and 18 weekends in a row with the number one ranked guy, I don't know who, whatever, if it was Novak Djokovic or whoever you say his yeah, name, yeah. would he, in an 18-weekend uh, period, would he win 12 of the 18 matches? Maybe he would. would yeah, he? yeah. No other sport plays that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, definitely something that's uh, unique to our sport. I, I, I don't I don't think he yeah. would. You know, I just think it's maybe our sport is just so hard that when you're good, you know, very good at it, you can great at it. When you're great at it, you can you can rise above and ride through these guys. You know what I mean? Because it's just that hard of a sport. It's 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 uh, you know, I would tend to lean that way because of the heart rates involved and the uh, the exertion of strength and everything else and man and machine. That when you're on that tip of that spear, you're just on that spear, man. And, you know, these other dudes just can't make it happen. I don't know. I think what's unfortunate is that uh, a lot of times they get blamed on the other riders for not, you know, rising to the occasion and providing competition. They don't, want, they don't want it. They, they don't want it. Bad they don't enough. want it. Yeah, whatever. Right, right. It's not unique to the top level of the sport. It's a motocross thing. You can talk about rollerball in the same way, right, for the guys he was riding against. Completely unrelated. It's in another country. It's not Supercross. It's Motocross. It's a different era. Pretty much when he showed up, he was the best dude, right? Yeah. And was he ever just going to get a seventh? No. 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 no and wasn't. everybody on this show, listening to this show right now, can probably think of their local track and their local two or three fast dudes who were just going to be the two or three fastest guys every weekend, any month of the year, any weather, whichever one of the five local tracks they were at. They weren't just going to be the eighth best guy one week and the best guy the next week. That's just that's just motocross, man. For some reason. Uh, Fly racing moto sixty show presented by Enfab. The lines are completely full. Why can't let's get to them? Uh, Kevin's up first. Kevin, what's up, man? What's your you got a fantasy moto question? Yeah, what's up, guys? How's it going? Good. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, I had a question. Are the guys that are running the fantasy leagues do they go to the races? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, because uh, I feel like they should. I picked uh, Mitchell Harrison uh, in my fantasy motocross, mm-hmm. and he didn't even race. Yeah. And I feel like somebody needs to report that. Well, you know, we're paid big money to win big prizes. Yeah, actually, uh, Kev- I mean. Kevin, listen to the NFAB F- Racer X Fantasy Moto Show we put up this morning, late last night. Um, we get into it about Mitchell Harrison because Dan Truman is not happy. He also picked yeah. Mitchell Harrison. Um, so listen to that show. It's up now uh, on iTunes and, I and on Race. Did. Okay, yeah, it's. Um, I agree. It's a tough deal. Um, it's a tough thing to to deal with because a lot of times communication just isn't clear. Mitchell Harrison had a good practice time. Nobody really saw him crash if he weren't there. And then uh, nobody really checked on him or, or posted anything before the night show that he was out. So I'm with you. I mean, you can. We actually went uh, with the Moto Dynasty that we're hooked up with, the Rex Rex. We actually went the other way. Uh, we stopped changing it last year because we had people saying, Hey, that's not fair. That's part of the game. You have to be smart enough to know who's hurt. Um, don't make it. Don't just level the playing field by just removing every possible bad pick for the people that aren't um, following the news. So there's two different ways to think of it. Yeah. The Mitt Harrison thing that sucks because that wasn't news. No one even knew. Yeah. But most of the you know. time, it's like you should know. Don't pick. Uh, don't pick Stu for the first three rounds. He's out. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, by the way, uh, you, you yeah. can you can blame me because I'm one of the guys on the track that probably should have went and. Checked on Mitchell Harrison. I saw him crashing a bunch, so I maybe should have ran by there and said, hey, everything okay with Harrison? Is he racing? I just didn't think about it, didn't have time. So um, I'm one of the guys you can blame, Kevin. All right. Well, no, it's all good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Have a good show. All right. Thank you. Raining Yellow, what's up? 
You there, Raining Yellow? All right. Alex, are you there? What's happening? Yeah. What's going What's on? What's up, man? So I'm not calling to retract on my pork slider comment, but Will Hahn did do better this week. Oh, you were the I guy? Mean, yeah, that wanted to throw yeah. a pork slider at uh, Will Hahn? Yep. He, yeah. 11th place is, is, is fine. 11th and is good. He went to the LCQ, but at least he won, and he wasn't in the back trying to get a transfer spot. To me, for four. To me, why can't let me let me ask your opinion? You know, um, people have been bagging on Will for riding every LCQ thing, and I get that and all that. But there's been different circumstances. I don't think he's good enough to make another heat. I'll say that right now. Sorry, Wilbur. So he's got two chances. The semi hasn't. You know, there's been three chances in the semi. He hasn't gotten the start. I don't really care how you get to the main, but you got to get there, and Wilbur's getting there. So I'm not coming down on him for saying three LCQs because shit happens and whatever. It's only been three times. So to me, uh, and I know, Alex, you were more like, uh, and you and a lot of people were like, ah, he's written three LCQs. All right, who cares? He gets to the main. Now, if he's not getting to the main, let's talk from there. So why can't, what do you think of that? Like, does that matter to you as far as a guy's performance? Um, no, I don't think it matters uh, at all as long as he's in there. And for Will, just. He hasn't gotten hurt like he has uh, last year in Anaheim, so at least he's getting in. I think the only problem is it's not like he's, um, you know, getting whole shots in the semi and almost making it. Like the semi, he's in a battle. Like it's been a battle, I yeah. think, and the LCQ is the same thing. If he, if he whole shot checked out and dominated the LCQ three weeks in a row, he'd be like, well, whatever, he had a problem in the semi and fell, and he shouldn't have been there. But I feel like uh, it hasn't been – an aberration. It's almost like, yeah, he's somewhere around the 17th to 22nd best guy there, which means you're right on the verge of going to the LCQ. That's the worrying part to me. Like, he might not make it at some point. I mean, at yeah. San Diego, he was getting a little bit tense. Yeah, no, I think as long as you're making it, you're fine because you got 11th, and that's great. So, um, but Alex, you made the telecast. M- M- oh, M- I know. I saw that. And <laughs> threw it out there that he was on a call in radio my, show and, and was upset. I, look, so. I looked at my wife and I was like, I'm famous now. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right. All right. See you guys. Eric, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's going on? Hey, I want to know when uh, you and Weege are finally going to have it out to uh, establish your bench racing supremacy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, there's no plans. I thought about the other day, yeah. It yeah. Was, uh, somebody called us out, I think, when I did the Hope Show back in the fall. Yeah. That's right. I think that's where it came from. I don't know what we can do. A trivia contest? I don't know if that what that means. I don't know. You know? I just I just think it'd be fun for the listeners. And I, then I think to top it off, whoever wins should have to go up against Coombs. Yeah, Davey, Davey's got the 70s just covered over me, Weege. Like, badly. Uh, you know, I was born in that decade, halfway through the decade. So. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, he absolutely dominated. You know, the early transition years of Euros racing in the U.S. and Trans AMAs and all yeah. that. Never mind, uh, never mind that, uh, Eric, and, and Weege and I will work on that. Someone's called in the show and wanted a cheap off between Filthy and Weege. I'm more interested in that. <laughs> like, who's cheaper? You, you know, <laughs> oh, I'll have to second your opinion there. That's for sure. That's funny. Yes, I'd like to see Filthy Phil and Weege, and we'll be like, we'll give them different scenarios of, um, you know, what they would do. Uh, to save a buck, and, and we'll see how far they would go, and who would who has actually done what to save a buck. So, hey, do you do you think since uh, Weege is such a huge Brayton fan, he'd actually be able to plug his power washer in at uh, Weege's house? I don't know, Weege. Well, what's the uh, what's the power washer 
move? Uh, I need to learn. Brayton plugged in his power washer into Phil's uh, cabinets at uh, Club MX, and Phil oh. freaked out because electricity yeah. bill. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a quality move. I think what we need to do is, I mean, these are worthy adversary for sure. So I think next time Phil's right up here at the JGR shop. Maybe we need to uh, get a race Rex films on this and have a real a real shootout. Forget 250, 450 shootout. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. Shootout. No, just see what you guys would do to save money. All right, Eric, thank yeah. you, man. Appreciate it. Have a good, have a good show, guys. Thanks. All right, thank you. Uh, let's take one last call for Jason Wygant, and then Eric, uh, David Villeman will be coming on. Um, Cody, what's going on? How are you? How's it going, guys? I'm good. What's, uh, what's your question? Hey, um, I actually came up with another one uh, going along with what you guys were first talking about. But uh, my original one was just why isn't there more information on what these riders are paid? Um, I know that, you know, I've heard you say before that Eli – makes a ton of money over at uh, Kawasaki. And then just wondering about, like, you know, do you have any details on, like, Reed's deal with Yamaha or – you know, it's no, it's uh, it's not like uh, you know, other the stick and ball sports are collectively bargained. There's a union, and they want the salaries out there. It would helps everything out. Our uh, sport is different. You know, you can't find out what the NASCAR guys are making either, really, right, Reach? It's kind of it's it's talked about, but nobody knows. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, I didn't even realize that's why. It's the unions. I've never understood why that's public information. Yeah, unions like to get it out there because it helps their cases in uh, comparables and things like that. Like. The more uh, that uh, player X says that player Y um, did the same as him in stats and what's player Y making, you can uh, bump your salary up, you know? So it's all on comparables. A lot of it is anyways, and it's it's worked. Now, our sport, these guys are individual contractors, and they just don't get their – their salaries out out much, you know. So um, I'll tell you, it's so unknown that I think just a week ago, Mathis, you and I, uh, I thought I knew what these guys were making, and you did, and we weren't even close to what we thought. Yeah, yeah, and we um, and we don't and we don't really know. Still, like you, you, I yeah. said, this is what I think they make, and you were like, what? So we were, yeah, we're we're far off. Yeah, and in the ballpark, I think I was thinking that the super high end guys, like I thought, like a Dunge, for example, is pulling in like three to five mil a year. Like, that's what I thought. And you thought, no, I think your thought was maybe half that or so. Well, my, uh, well, my thought The more was, I've learned, yeah. I think you might be right. I think it might be on the lower side. Well, yeah, if you're talking about there's yeah. KTM money, then there's gear money, you know. Uh, gear... Well, I just, meant, no, I just meant team money there. Yeah, yeah, team. exactly. That's what we were talking about, just from KTM, exactly. So yeah, we yeah, were, yeah. Uh, we're... I think you might be right. It might not be in the $5 million range. And I was basing that on, see, you can go back years. Like, what happened 10 years ago, people will now tell you about. And I know that Stu and Carmichael, Suzuki, Kawasaki days, were pulling down four mil a year uh, as their base salary. Um, but I guess I, I guess it's not back up to that again. I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah. But I mean, I could be and wrong they had too. Exceptional yeah. deals too. They won so much. Sorry, to but they won yep. so much that I think the teams just gave them big salary and didn't really do the bonuses as much. Because think of how insane that would be when they were having perfect seasons. So maybe that inflates the numbers a little bit extra for them. Yeah, yeah. That's well, I, Carmichael Suzuki deal. I know from many people, it was all in as if he was going to win, no bonuses. He they paid him everything that he was going to make at Honda, whether he won or lost, and uh, that was one of the reasons he jumped over there. So he, he I don't right. Know, yeah. when he say he's making his base salary was four million. It's kind of unrealistic because he didn't have bonuses where everybody else had. Yeah, exactly. But of course, Carmichael did win everything, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, it was perfect. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I wanted to point one more thing out. Sure. Um, you guys are talking about the um, how you know domination, how it goes in our sport and all that. Um, I wanted to point out the last probably 
I don't know, at least six years. I don't know if you, you guys pay attention to Formula One at all, but that's been dominated by one guy. That's true. Yep. No, you, you yeah, have a good I point. Mean, yep. I mean, that has a lot to do Formula One is the worst. It's even worse than, uh, than Supercross. You're right. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah, no, good yeah. point. I've, although, also, too, technology is more, uh, matters right. more in that sport. But still, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. All right, thanks for the call, man. All right. Thanks. All right. Weej, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Round four this weekend in Oakland. We'll, uh, we'll... Hey, I haven't been to Oakland in like three years. I'm I, pumped. I know, right? You've managed to get out of that one. So It's beautiful, right? I can't wait to be back. <laughs> It is beautiful. beautiful. Oh, it is. Terrific. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. All right. See you Saturday. All right. See you. Jason Wygan, everybody, RacerX online editor. Let's get to Kenny. Kenny, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, good, Steve. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. Hey, I just had a question about those Michelin um, Starcross 5s, I believe they're called. Yeah. Um, are those available to the public now? Yeah. Yeah. They've been out for about a month, I think. Two months. Yeah. I've been using those Dunlop. What are they, I think they had a, the same name there. I had like some problem with using the 32 or whatever, whatever yeah, that was called. The 32s, the, their most popular tire for sure. Yeah. Okay. But I just, I just want to see those. I mean, I hear you guys talking about them on your shows, but I just want to see that they're really, they're yeah. worth buying. They're, they're out. Buying. Yeah. Listen to like two weeks ago when Randy Richardson from Michelin was, uh, was in studio for the entire Pulp Mech show. He really yeah. talked a ton about the tire and broke it down and everything else. And, uh, They've had great luck with them. I know people kind of have this stigma about some of the old line that Michelin has, but they've redone them, they've revamped them, and, um, yeah, people people seem to be digging them so far. Like, Kiefer tested them and uh, MXA tested them, and it's been it's been, it's been, it's been uh, solid reviews. So Awesome. Hey, you guys give anything away today, Steve? Uh, no, not right now. Working on it. Okay, thanks. All right, thanks, Kenny. Okay, All right, see you. Bye. All right, let's get to our, uh, our next guest. Or Not yet? Okay. All right, he's still coming on. Let's go to Michael on four. Michael, you got a question about RV? Yeah, hey, I wanted to touch base on it. I I know he's been uh, around quite a bit, especially for him. He seems like he used to be more aloof. And I know, say, a year or two ago, there's rumors, you know, as soon as he retired, he'd be up in the woods lost. Yeah, uh, yeah. He seems to be doing pretty much every media besides the Pulp Show, but I bet that's just to stick it to you. He's coming on. I think he's coming on. I think he's coming on Monday. That'd be great. Yeah, I think he's I'm coming curious. on Monday. He seems like he's having fun. you think he retired simply because he didn't want to – Putting the work and he's scared to to not win. Like he's he knew he, he couldn't win with no out putting I, in the work and well, and just was done doing it. I think first of all, I think a lot of us were wrong about RV. We did think he would disappear. He has not disappeared. He's been around the races, busting everybody's balls. He's been testing for Cowie. He's been doing some promotional stuff. I really I'm surprised that we've seen him as much as we have. I really have. So a lot of us were wrong about that. I don't. I just simply think he looked at his bank balance. And you know when he when he was racing, it was a lot of work, and he wasn't having much fun. And he told everybody that, like he told everybody off the record, on the record, whatever, how much work it took to win. So now he's not now he's retired. He's got plenty of money in the bank, and I think he's enjoying himself. So yeah, I think yeah. It's, I, I just, my my question, I guess, is I guess he just doesn't have it in him to go out there and get beaten. No, no, because the work and no he. And, he, uh, yeah, he wants to. He, he's, you know, he, if he's going to, if he'd ever come back, he'd put in all the work again with Baker to win, and that's it. You know what I mean? He's not going to just come out and ride around. It's not worth it in his bank book. Not work. Not worth it for his safety or everything else. So, gotcha. Well, I appreciate that. Glad he's here. Here he's coming on the show. One more quick question: You still stamping Stu for a win this year? <laughs> no, the stamping of Stu. The stamping of the Stu. I like that. That's he actually, isn't faded. Faded ink for stamping stew. Yeah, that that actually could be a movie. The stamping of the stew. That was only you know barring injury. So um, 
Oh, he's only missed two races. Well, three, I oh, guess. He's missed three, and, and, you know, I, I yeah, I'd have to see, man. Concussions are things that can linger. We've seen it in other sports. So until All he, right. Um, and when I, if he comes back and races, call me again, and I'll let you know what I think. But, yeah, we'll. Well, we'll, we'll go after you go to your, your favorite city in the United States this weekend, maybe. Oh, I know. Commitment to excellence. He, Stu's good in Oakland, too. All right, th- the smell of excellence will be all over that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Steve. All right. Let's welcome our next guest on the line. He's a former AMA Supercross and national winner, GP winner, factory rider, now Team Bud Racing's riding coach, the great David Villeman. What's up, DV? Hey, how you doing? How worried should you be if you're a James Stewart fan? This is like the last caller was saying. It's not going well. Yeah, but it's been like this for a few seasons already, so Mm -hmm. it's not like we're not used to it. No, that's true. Yep. I think it's I think it's not gonna be better, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think the problem is more general, you know, like it keeps the same people around, it keeps doing the same thing, it keeps setting up the bike the same way, and people want a different outcome. When Mm -hmm. you do everything the same you know, mm-hmm. all along the line, um, you cannot have a, a different outcome, you know, so you got to change something. And obviously, whatever is doing the last few years is not working. It's just like, you know, Pulsell has been doing the same thing over and over. He's fast. We know he's fast. He's going to be, the, he could be the fastest guy you know, any day, supercross, motocross combined. Mm-hmm. But we know he doesn't have the fitness. And he keeps doing what he's doing and, you know, wishing or hoping for a different outcome. It's going to be the same all the time. You know, it's you, if you don't change whatever you're doing when it's not working and you keep doing the same thing and then you you hear the guys, oh, you know, I'm working with this and it's working for me and you hear this all the time, but basically it's only working for one guy for a class who, who is winning, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you hear somebody that's doing fifth or sixth or seventh or whatever, and it's like, Oh yeah, my program is working for me. And, you know, obviously it's not, you know, so it needs to be something needs to change. And, you know, Bubba is doing the same thing. You know, it's super fast. Like he's doing some crazy stuff out there and he's, um, some things are really, really impressive, but if you look at A1, he almost died four times, you know, mm-hmm. like one of the first lap, uh, I think it was either in the main or the E-race, the second set of wolves, he almost died. If he crashed right there, he would have been done for a mm-hmm. while. Like, yeah. it's just like, yeah, I think, you know, people always do the same thing and hope for a different outcome and it's right. not working. Um, as far as you're concerned, your Bud Racing guys, uh, obviously Maxim Dupre broke his femur in A2. Uh, I saw you on Instagram that uh, Sanai is just coming back right now. What's your plan for the Bud Racing team and you uh, you working with them? Um, is it uh, What's going on? Uh, so far, you know, like we try to – so um, Darian compressed uh, two vertebrae at Elsinore in mid-December. Uh, so – um, after all the um, the tests and everything, my surgeon saw everything, the uh, MRI and all the scans and stuff. He says two and a half months, no writing. Okay. So I, I, I believe 
I trust the judgment. So mm-hmm. he's going to ride again um, early March, but that's going to be in uh, in Europe yeah. because he's yep. going to do that EMX2 right. championship or whatever. Yep. But um, right now it's been uh, six weeks, so we, we're back at the gym trying to work on uh, some uh, uh, legs and stuff that doesn't really require to move his back that much, mm-hmm. you know. So we're trying to do some uh, reinforcement. And um, obviously, Maxime broke his femur uh, Saturday, so he's going to be out for a long time. Yeah. And uh, so basically, we kind of like that everybody's pulling the plug here because we don't have yeah. any good replacement. We don't have, there's nobody out there that can be like a main event guy that's free or with no contract. Everybody has something, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's obviously a, a tough deal, but yeah. you know that's the way it is. You know, you, you've seen fractured teams with nobody and no, not yeah. even going to the races before. No. It's not like it's something new. No, that happens so. absolutely. Well, bummer for you guys. Bummer for you yourself too. Um, big news this week was uh, Jake Weimer getting a um, an RCA trot uh, for the rest of Supercross as a, as you know Tickle's replacement, and then he's going to stay there when Tickle comes back. But more, I wanted to ask you about. He's been good to start the year, three races in a row as a privateer. Going to the Suzuki, obviously he talked about where, you know, you, there's no replacement. Team Teddy did a good job, but there's no replacement for factory parts, factory uh, suspension people, factory people standing around helping you out. But it's a little risky for him. We'll talk about the switch and, and how it's, it's how you think it's going to go from a Cowie to Suzuki. Do you think he's going to just come back where he was, or will it be, take some time? Uh I think it, it's pretty easy now. Nowadays, bikes are really close. You know, it seems like only the color of the bike is different. But uh-huh. it's, everything is pretty much uh, the same uh, as far as Japanese bikes go, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Yamaha would be a little different. But, um, uh, yeah, it's surprising. to We've seen, you know, Nick Wegg going from a Kawi to a factory Kawi, which, you know, looks, you know, and... and uh, looks like it's pretty normal, but changing brand and everything, that's kind of like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, seems like his former team was okay with it, let him go or whatever it was. And uh, um, I think it's good for him. It's always yeah. good to, you know, he spent a couple of years as a private chair, like got, got her last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been riding really well. You know, he, he went to the main uh, from the eat race last weekend. That was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And I thought yeah. he rode pretty good. And um, so, yeah, it, it shows you that, you know, it's having like a, 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 pr- a private chair bike with good pulse on it, if you feel good on it and then do your homework during the week as a rider, mm-hmm. I think, that, you know, you can actually do something. You know, I think bikes nowadays are 450 with good pulse, good aftermarket pulse and good people working on your suspension. I think you can do something very good. Right. You know, we've seen in the past, you know, I've done good on a private chair Honda mm-hmm. before, you know, so um, I'm, I'm really not surprised. I think it's, it all comes down to actually the rider making the difference. You know, if you do your work and you're physically ready, you work on right. your speed and your technique, I think it's it's, it's good. And uh, it's it's good to for him to have, like, maybe better support, maybe better equipment, maybe mm-hmm. to get him to... You know, rather being top eight or top ten, maybe go closer to the top five. I think it's 
um, I don't think the equipment is a big deal. I think mentally, yeah. you when you're on a on the bike like that, mentally just before you ride it, you're already better. You know, like yeah. you have to do. Um, I think it puts you like in a state of mind where you're maybe more motivated, or you say, "Oh, now nah, I have equipment to ride with those guys." Yep. Even if you could with a privateer bike, but mentally now you actually know you have the good equipment, so. It could be good fun. Also, too, practice bikes are taken care of. Practice bike, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Your worries are a lot less also. You know what I mean? Just little things. So um, let's get to some phone calls here. Kyle, what's going on? Thanks for calling a Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by InFab. What's your question? Uh, sorry to bring up the whole salary and money thing in the moto industry, but the mechanics, I know, like, the team's paying and whatnot, but I remember a while ago you were talking about uh, riders giving the mechanics bonuses. Uh, I was yeah. wondering, like, was it like after a race, a series, or um, no? Just a, just a year. Just it's whenever the guy wants. Uh, they and they could pay for wins or podiums or whatever. Um, I never had anything formally agreed to when I was a mechanic um, with anybody, and DV probably didn't either because he he yelled one time at Gothic J about bonuses. <laughs> but um, it's whatever the guy wants. Some guys have formal arrangements. Um, some don't, and it can be paid. Chad Reed paid Dave Dye one time at the end of the Nationals for the entire season. So it's all different. It's all different, and some guys don't get anything, you know. Uh, so there's there's plenty of dudes. I know one guy, Christoph Porcel. I know two mechanics that never got a dime from him. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those things. And DV, you you said in Europe it doesn't really happen at all, does it? No, in Europe you don't give bonuses, you don't tip. There's like it's tough tough world. You know? <laughs> tough world here yeah here it's like you know it's right away when you work on a mechanic that that's the first conversation we have is like bonuses you know like <laughs> before getting to the track we have to agree on what we're gonna do and it's like october nah, you know? so, not not me i've never brought it up i never did ever. yeah but most of them most of them yeah, bring, maybe bring it up yeah. you know and and sometimes you know some mechanics don't want to uh, work with certain riders just for that reason, too. Yeah. You know, that happened yeah. before. Hey, everybody. Swizzcore here. We had an altercation involving a basset hound and a power strip. Uh, we lost about four to five minutes, but we pick right back up. So back to the show. F you, Willie. Again, you know, too much stop and go and lose too much momentum. And uh, that's something he wasn't doing last year on the Honda. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, obviously he was on the Honda forever and I, I figured that being on a new bike, new team, new everything had a little bit to do with it, but I feel like the speed was there. That, 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 lap it's times, not they just... Bike team or whatever, uh, you know, graphic guy, it doesn't have to do anything about it. It has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, it's a technique on the bikes changed the way he rode. I think somebody has to tell him, you know what, ride like, um, I've seen him take a Outside, uh, bolter on in, I think it was Atlanta or St. Louis last year, like on the pegs, wide open. That's something you will never see him do this year if he keeps doing that, you know? And right. uh, it, that's, that's, that was a strong point since he moved, uh, you know, since he won the outdoor national and then he won races last year. I mean, I think three of them, uh, it was his corner speed compared to the other guys. And now, corner speed, and then it's not there because he's not railing the turn enough. And when you see the guys that 
in, in front that doing good. I think you take Dungey. Look at him. He never locked the real break. Always keep his momentum, open his turns, and, you know, never make a small turn in a big turn. Always roll, you know, especially on 450. You need to kind of, you know, keep the keep your momentum so you don't have to, to do some stop and go, which is also tough physically to do that. All right. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. Guys. All right. Thank you. Uh, Jay, what's going on? You got a question about KTM? Yeah, hey Steve. Uh, thanks again for all the hard work that you and your team does there at Pulp. Uh, Thank I know you, guys like me really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, so here's a question: <clears throat> KTM has gone in 15 years. They've gone from bikes that break in half on triples to uh, to a total world domination in the motocross and off-road market. So, is all of that success uh, primarily attributable to guys like Dungey, Caleb Russell, and some of the other athletes that they have winning on their bikes, or are they just part of a bigger uh, a bigger company culture shift? Yeah, I think it's. it's I mean, winning. obviously the riders are the ones winning, but it started with dumping a lot of money into making a bike, making a competitive bike um, with that with that first uh, SXF. You know, 450 that came out that was uh, lighter and smaller and made good horsepower and was more had more of a, a geometry successful for make, to make it more successful for supercross. The well, the old KTM 520s were were and 450s were good, but they just weren't on this level. It's more just someone at KTM deciding that racing is more important, and uh, they did it. What do you think, DV? Yeah, I think the bike came a long way. I don't think the bike was as you know. I don't think that the two-stroke bikes back in the day, back in uh, in the McGrath days or Langston days, I don't think they were as bad as what people thought. Um, I thought um, about the PDS uh, system on the shock. I think a lot of people do not really know how to deal with it. I think not having a linkage is not a big deal if you know how to make a, a shock work properly like this. Mm-hmm. If you have in your head a shock with a how to make a shock with the linkage. If you want to do the same thing with the PDS system, it, it won't work. You know, you need to think outside the box. I think they, they do not really think outside the box that much. That's why they had problems. But, um, you know, Suzuki never won shit. They took all my car they won. <laughs> they won everything, right? Honda, yeah. You know, Honda wasn't winning. They got Carmichael, they won. You know, same thing in uh, in GPs. KTM couldn't win the MX1 uh MX1 uh, title. They got the best guy. They got Caroli. They they he won. I think three of them mm-hmm. on KTM. So Ryder has to has a lot to do with it. You know, like you can see. Uh, uh, you know, the history tells you. You know, Suzuki. The Costa couldn't win with anybody he had on the Suzuki. He dumped. They dumped millions and millions and millions. Totally Wyndham and and a lot of people went to Suzuki. And at one point I say, here, it's $5 million. Give me the best guy. And <laughs> right. that's it. Yeah. One. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like, you know. And everybody thought the bike was bad at Suzuki because they weren't winning. But the bike wasn't, wasn't bad at all, even in 2002 or 2003. And Ricky's bike was maybe, uh, was at least, as good as uh, Yamaha in two, in 2008, uh, in mm-hmm. 2005, sorry. Yeah, five, yeah. So, yeah, in, in 05, I think the RM250 uh, was as good as the YG250. 
Hmm, there you go. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Good question. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Uh, we're going to give away one more fly racing strider bike uh, contest at paulbamexshow.com. Email it and um, we'll uh, we'll give away. No, we're giving away two. We already gave away one. You said you're doing an archive one. Yeah, yeah. The, the email. Yeah. And then we already gave one to the guy who called in. Yes, yeah, so we got two. Right. And you said you're giving away one more. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. So do the email. Oh, oh, sorry. That's okay. All right. I'm sorry. Bob, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. What's happening? How much is DV online, too? DV's on the line. Hey, DV. How you doing? Good. Hey, I had a question about the uh, former uh, Team 2-2 members. So, obviously, uh, that team is not all along. So, where are they at now? What teams are they on? Uh, Oscar is Roxon's mechanic. Goose and Shane Drew are still with Chad. Dave Osterman is looking for a job. Um... What else did I miss? Dino Dean Gibson's over at Kawasaki. He's the motor guy. What about Sergio? Sergio? Yeah. Yeah, at RCH. He left, though, but he left before the team folded. Um, okay. But he's at RCH. Um, I don't know where Shane, the truck driver, is. Good question. And Joel Bueller, Chad's longtime uh, man friend, motorhome driver, uh, escort to autograph sessions. Uh, he's out of the industry. I heard he's traveling a motorcycle down in South America. Okay. So I think I got everybody. Did I miss anybody, DV? I don't think so. Not that, not that you uh, would know. Okay. Anyways, DV. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Hey, thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Bye. Josh, what's happening? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. How are you? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, huge fan. Thank Love you. your fault show, Moto 60 show, everything that you do. Um, driving from Bismarck back to Minneapolis right now. Okay. Um, big fan of DV. My, my question I hope in the future for your show you've, you've considered doing like a video type program a la Howard Stern. Is that something maybe we could ever look to in the, in the future? Um, I don't know. I thought about it. You know, most of our listeners are archives, so I don't know how many people want to watch. We talked, we talked about that forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it with you, okay. with you training and everything. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, but that, no, but we we talked about doing like a, a live video radio. Mm -hmm. We talked about that a lot. Did we? But there's nothing to see, everybody. There's, there's <laughs> nothing to see. There's a couple couches. There are a lot of uh, old uh, shit. <laughs> on the wall, and and there's mattress. That's it. Yeah, you've seen it all. Yeah, there's and there's like a couple dogs, you know, walking around. You know, <laughs> yeah, so, you pretty much nailed it, DV. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing really to watch in there. Yeah, yeah, but you guys make yourself like, yourself short. Your characters, you know. I was thrown. You have like chicks coming and naked and stuff. There's no naked chicks in there. No, right? no. No. There's nothing. Pookie's got her clothes on all the time, and she only comes in once in a while. So. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Thanks for the call, Josh. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. See you. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's going on? Kevin, you there? Yeah. All right. What's, all right. what's happening? Just listening to you guys talk about, um, you know, Dungey and all these guys being paid millions of dollars and seeing all these smaller teams like – uh, like the one that DV is taking care of and Suzuki bringing in multiple different teams. Is it safe to say that um, the money is finally coming back around? What do you think, DV? You think it's sports a little healthier? 
No, there's no money. There's no... <laughs> the same sponsors, same pie. Do you see any other companies that come? You know, there's nobody. Oh, it's Monster, Rockstar, Red Bull, uh, you know, Thor, Fox. You know, there's maybe Auto Trader or Psycho Trader a little bit. But, you know, there's, there's nothing. Unless, you know what, unless you'll get money... What, what you guys don't understand is money doesn't come from sponsors. Yes, for teams a little bit, but as a sport in a whole, we need TV rights like NBA, uh, baseball, NASCAR, TV, you know? So you, we need to get money from the TV. That TV will, is going to sell, you know, commercial for, you know, laundry soap, whatever it is, you know? Right. And so, then something like that. Yeah, and they have to uh, re- redistribute the money to teams as, you know, prorated to teams. So maybe the best team will get more money. It, it goes the same to the NBA. You know, the Lakers are going to get more money than the show owners, you know. So and it's the same thing with the English Premier League and everything. As, you know, until we get TV money and um, um, distributed to teams as a... Um, Sound like if it were a league, uh, Premier League or NBA, those are big money, but you can still get money from TV and distribute to teams that, you know, race the whole championship. That yeah. would help. You know, that would help the teams. The okay. teams don't make shit. It's, everybody loses money in this uh, industry. The factories lose money. That's marketing money, you know. And, you know, you have guys. You know, they have companies and stuff. You know, Bud Racing loses money. I'm sure Tether loses money. They, they, Moto Concepts? Nobody prob- Moto Concepts losing, Moto, Moto Concept losing money. Yeah, he's, know, like, he's, he's losing money, but, but there are more teams popping up. I mean, this year more than ever, it seems like there are a lot more privateer teams. Yeah, for every privateer yeah, team that come up, there's some that leave too, you know? So Right. If there's a privateer just, company, if they have money, and they're gonna they do that for passion. They like racing. And when they're gonna figure out they lose, uh, you know, a million and a half a year, they're gonna say, you know what, I'm over this shit. This is something else. Yeah. You know. But it do, it does seem like there's a lot of maybe not sponsors bringing in the money, but it does seem like a lot more teams have been popping up this year more than the past three or four years, where there's only been you know, one or two privateer teams. Like, there's, well, there's like three or four new ones. Well, you got to remember, too, Kevin, The there's a, a, some new teams that do 250 West Series. So they're based in Southern California. They're doing five or six races. Their expenses are low, and then they're, they're not going to nationals. You know, you yeah, know they're only stuck happens? on the West Coast just because it's all in California. Well, yeah, most of them. I, but really, like, I don't know what teams – I know you said it seems like there's new teams, but can you name them or – what what do we got? Uh, yeah, Albertson's new team, the uh, the Mad Racing team. Well, okay. I but, mean, I know they're only Suzuki teams. Yeah. Well, Mad Albertson's team's just replacing his team he had the last few years, Arma. You know. But he did. But he did. Instead of just having a smaller team, he actually got you know four riders instead of just him and one other guy. Yeah. True. Yeah. Motorcycle Superstar stepped yeah. stepped up. Yeah, but yeah. there always been teams coming uh, in and out. What happened to Parmel Ample Suzuki, Pete Pro Suzuki? Uh, Chaparral, uh, you know, uh, Kawasa- uh, Tekade Kawasaki, uh, PG1, uh, Great Western Bank. Yeah. You well, want teams that came and just disappeared because there's no money. 
There's no the the industry money could not um, could not pay for all the people to raise. Yeah, it's I don't. I know. I guess it sounds like we're raining on your parade, uh, Kevin. Um, I mean, it is good. I mean, I I understand, but I just, just to me, it seems like there are more people stepping up and trying to get more riders into it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Not a problem. All right. Thanks. It's tough. There's just not a lot of money there. Like we said, there are new teams. Kevin's right to a point, but we lose teams after a little while because, as DV said, there's just not all the money there. So, um, thanks, DV. The sport is healthy only with TV money. You know, yeah. every sport. If there's well, no TV money, then it's a it's a sport of uh, a, a passion, passionate guys. You know, yeah. with, with the money. Yeah, you know, I, like, and that's the the problem. So you don't see Feld breaking off some of that TV money for the teams. They should. There's no league though. <laughs> nope. Need, uh, you, you, you know, we talk about riders' union. Yeah, but riders union be okay for maybe trucks, safety, mm-hmm. or whatever. The if teams. you want a healthy, yeah. If you want a healthy sport, you need a team, a team league. You know, you need yep. all the factory to sit down, all the Mitch Payton, Geico, all those guys sit down and say, you know what? Uh, if tomorrow they ban uh, energy drink, you know, and you can't do it like alcohol or cigarettes, Mm -hmm. then the sport is going to collapse. And then that's it. You know, so that's the big problem. You know, if if the energy drink goes away, away, then only you're going to have factory teams because they have to be there to sell a bike and then they spend the marketing money. And after that, it'll be done, gone. Yeah, Yeah. it's uh, and it's hard to get Mike Genova um, and Mitch Payton and um, these other guys that own teams, Mike, these these guys that own teams, um, they don't have the same agenda as Honda and Suzuki and Cowie. Those teams are losing tons of money. They're writing off marketing. They're massive corporations. Two different, completely different agendas. They're not worried about making money. Mike Genova is, you know. And so, how do you know, get, how do you get those you, people on the same page? You know, how why why should a factory care if Mitch Payton loses or makes some money? Doesn't matter to them. They're there, anyways. But the, but the factory, when they're going to have only marketing money um, from dirt bike sales, maybe they're going to have to think about it. Because now, you know, all those, uh, all those people, they take money from, you know, road racing mm-hmm. or road bikes yeah. or uh, those mules or whatever it's called. Yeah, side by sell. side. Yeah. The, the quads. That's big money, big margin. There's no margin in bikes. They don't sell their bikes. Their right. bike sales are, they could not hold it. Factory Honda could not have a team. No. If they, they would only have money from their bike sales. Mm-hmm. Or they had a team, but really small and not paying their guys because there's no money. Yeah. And it wouldn't be like 25 guys with a team Honda shirt. They'd be four guys. Yep. You know? Yeah. So, because they take money away from quads and, and side-by-sides and, and the road bikes. Uh, because it's kind of like the window of the company is supercross, you know. So it's difficult. I think uh, at one point it's gonna have to be. They're gonna have to um, to have a league of some sort and and find a way where the team gets the money to actually race. 
you know, I think that's going to be the key. I agree with you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, buddy. All right. Thanks. All right. David Villeman, everybody. The great David Villeman on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. N-FAB.com. Probably built in Houston, Texas. Cheap truck or SUV parts. Get them there. And uh, flyracing.com also. I don't know if we're going to be able to get the other archive up. So this could be a really short show. So maybe you got the whole show. Maybe you're only going to get half or a quarter. You can think of dog for that, I think. Or we could just do what we always do. Blame tits. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week.